Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Gravity Digital Marketing Agency Power Up Podcast. I'm your host Bob Gentle and each week I'm joined by small digital agency owners and solo practitioners of all kinds, just like you. So this is episode 2 and it's all very new. If you have any feedback or suggestions then I'd love to hear it, so just get in touch. If you enjoy the podcast, then please take literally one minute to review it on iTunes. It really helps boost the visibility of the podcast and helps me out so much. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Joe Burnish from Big West Marketing. I love Joe's business model and I'm in awe of what he's done and I'm really excited to share him with you. So welcome to the podcast. Let's get into episode two. Hi, Joe. Uh, really pleased to welcome you to the podcast this week. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about Joe Burnish and Big West Marketing? Yeah, Bob. This is, yeah, I'm excited that you brought me on. It was it was uh, it was exciting to get that email. I researched a little bit about the show, and so yeah, I'm honored to be here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically, I've been in the internet marketing world since about 2009, when I was just kind of dabbling with it. I didn't really go full-time as a, as a full-time income anyway until 2014. Um, I originally started out with my own carpet cleaning business here in Missoula, Montana, and did my own marketing, taught myself everything, and realized I've, I'm doing some major work here for my business, and most carpet cleaners that I've talked to, that's, that's their struggle. You know, They just want to go out and do the work. So what I did was... I basically just uh, started offering my what I was doing for my own business to some other carpet cleaners, and over time it got you know it got big enough to where it was its own business and its own you know full time income, and I ended up selling my carpet cleaning business in 2014 and going full time as a marketer. Yeah, and that's for me that was one of the really interesting things when I stumbled across your business is everyone in digital marketing, internet marketing says you should niche or niche depending on your preference. Um, but nobody really does it or very, very few does very few do, but you have, um, by focusing on the carpet cleaning space and has that worked for you? It's worked really well. Now I, you know, I mean, but it wasn't just, um, you know, just niching and saying that this, this is what I do. I got heavily involved with the industry as a whole. Like I got to know all the big players, equipment manufacturers, chemical suppliers. I went to the shows in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. I'm getting ready to go to one in Los Angeles in, in December actually. But, uh, you know, and and I got, there's some other consultants in the business that had, had a name already and I got to know them well. And so over a period, it wasn't just like I threw up, you know, uh, a website or a sign that says, hey, I do marketing for carpet cleaners it was a it was a several over several years that i i really built it up at, at, and it was a part-time it was part-time in a spare bedroom now we've got an office with five employees and uh we're we're humming along um but it and and we've taken on other niches now now we're into roofing and remodeling and plumbing and got hit some other service home service based niches we even took on a yoga client the other day mm -hmm. um so we're expanding um, but it wasn't, uh, it didn't happen overnight, I guess is, that's what, what I'm trying to explain there. Yeah. 
I think in a lot of businesses, um, they would sort of typically have a geographical footprint that they cover. Um, obviously, you can't have 30 or 40 floor cleaning businesses in one city. So your marketing must be working quite differently to the way people would traditionally be marketing and networking. So what does your marketing look like? My personal marketing, well, it's constantly evolving. It started out just basically ranking a website on Google, just doing my SEO thing for terms such as carpet cleaning marketing, carpet cleaning web design, uh, stuff like that. That's how I kind of got a foothold. I just had people find it. Um, I did a little bit of outreach, you know, just around my area. You know, Montana's only got five towns, not even cities. And I just kind of called around there and asked some carpet cleaners, hey, I'm doing this over here in Missoula. You want me to try it for you? You know, and my prices were rock bottom at the time because I didn't know if I really wanted to even do this stuff. Yeah. It was just a almost like an experiment, just kind of testing the waters. I actually, what was funny is I actually did a carpet cleaning for a successful web designer in town here. Uh, when I say successful, he does, it's, he's got, you know, 20 employees and they do big nationwide e-commerce sites and big stuff. Yeah. And I kind of threw my idea out there said, Hey, I'd like to just get in start doing stuff for carpet cleaners and this and that. He goes, I'm like, what do you think I should do? And he's like, he's like, do it. He's like, just throw, throw some stuff out there, advertise, do whatever it takes, AdWords, SEO, whatever, and just play with it for the next year or two, you know? You're not, you're not stuck into anything. You're not committed to anything if you don't want to do it. And so that's what I did. Next thing I know, I've got, you know, I mean, now we're at over, we've had over 950 clients, um, some in, in the UK, some in uh, Australia, Canada, most are in the US. But I mean, I'm, I, now I'm an international, you know, internet marketing company. So 950 clients. That's, yeah. That is a massive number. I mean, I've been in the business for 10 years. Um, not nearly nearly twenty years. I haven't covered that many clients in that whole time, so that's a huge number. And I've got a team that does it. It's not just me. Yeah, you know, I've got five employees now, and you know we're averaging averaging I think nine new websites um, a month. We go live with nine new websites a month. We've got you know we just started offering a Google AdWords service. We've been doing it like you know we got over a hundred SEO clients currently. Uh, and you know, they come and go. Anybody who's in the business knows they come and go. So obviously your business is coming because of the geographic footprint you cover. I mean, it's a large area. You're yes. not bringing that business in through networking or referral or anything like that. Is the majority of it being driven through ads? So I've got a combination of things I do. Uh, number one, like I said, it actually is networking, but networking within the industry, not locally. Right. Okay. So I got that going on and then I've got, so I've got a lot of referral type work coming in that way. Another thing I do is, and then I've got, uh, I did write a book and so I do promotions with, you know, get my free book and I do some of that's done with Google AdWords. Some of it's done just with SEO, people finding us on SEO. Now, one thing I've done that I, I've talked to lots of marketers and nobody else has really marketed themselves this way that I've talked to anyway and people think it's kind of a uh, kind of cool and anybody here can can kind of piggyback off this if they want to go for a specific niche i'm excited already is what's that i'm excited already yeah so i mean basically all i do is is how to videos on youtube right okay i basically do youtube videos and then i use some some video seo stuff and 
get them ranked up as high as I can for search terms, you know, that have to do with specific industries. So how to do marketing for carpet cleaners. If you go to YouTube and, and, and type that in, you're probably going to see on the first page, two or three of my videos. It's amazing how many, so a lot of people will go out like, okay, so a carpet cleaner, you know, wants to get into this whole internet marketing thing. You know, they've, they've, they, they're finally getting ready to make that move. So they get on YouTube and they start searching around for how to do marketing stuff for carpet cleaners. They find me, I give them a lot of free, useful information. And then at the end of it, I'm like, you know, if you ever want to, you know, talk to us about us doing it for you, if you have questions, you know, give us a call. Yeah. And I put my phone number and my website and all that stuff. I have a call to action. You know, I do all the, the marketing stuff that you're supposed to do. And, uh, and calls trickle in from YouTube. It's amazing. Uh, and it's not that hard to get niche specific uh, videos ranked on YouTube. That's a really good idea. And, and I, yeah. I think the barrier there is a lot of people involved in digital marketing, they'd like to tell you they're really comfortable with video, but the reality is very, very few people will take that step to put themselves out there. But the rewards are huge when you do. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that's right. There is, you're, you're exactly right. Um, I, and, and I've talked to, I've talked to, I don't know how many people and I, and cause they, a lot of y'all ask me that at the conferences and whatnot, they'll be like, where do you get your clients? And when I tell them the YouTube thing, they're like, Oh, ah, I don't know yeah. if I could do that. And I don't have any fancy video equipment. I don't make big fancy scripts and do no, it's, I have I, basically, here's how it works. Somebody will call us up and say, Hey, and they'll have a question or they'll have a pain or they'll be stuck with something when it comes to internet marketing. And so many of the times I will say, oh, I bet there are several hundred or several thousand people out there that have this same issue. So I, without too much planning, probably similar to what you do with a podcast, I, I turn on my camera, get my microphone. I just start recording. I do very little editing and then I throw it up on YouTube, do a little SEO on it. And if it, if it, if nobody watches it and we don't get any business off it, it costs yeah. me 30 minutes of my time. Uh, if it, I've had some videos that get 25,000 views in my industry and we've got, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue we've gotten off one specific video. So you just never know. And it's, and I look at that video and it's just embarrassing. Like I look, I listen to my <laughs> voice. I look at, I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> um, but it's, it's authentic and people are connecting with you. And it I, is, it's I very authentic. It's not too polished depending on the niche you're going after you know, being too polished is a bad thing. My, my yeah. specific niche, it's uh it's kind of a rough crew and they, they want stuff raw. They want it real. They don't need a bunch of camera lighting and special effects and music and this and that. I mean, they just want somebody who's going to give it to them straight. And I feel like I do that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I both love and I'm terrified by the idea of doing a visit, a video in 30 minutes. When I do videos, I can lose a day in yeah. a three minute video uh, and it just kills me. Um, I think the real courage is in just doing it. Well, I kind of feel the same way about a podcast. I've thought about doing a podcast before, but it's like, I just, I've got that like, ah, you know, it's gotta be just perfect in this and that. And, um, but you know, you're, you kind of just throw it out there and, and if people love it, they love it. If they don't, they don't. So, well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the impact these ads are having and on one video, it can, generate hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of revenue. 
what does a typical year look like in terms of turnover for you? Because I think what I've discovered is that there are some apparently large businesses with pretty poor turnover. And there are some apparently small businesses with amazing turnover. And no two businesses in very similar spaces are the same. So what is the sort of financials in your business look like without going into any real detail? So, yeah, as far as like when you say turnover, you're talking about like the number of clients lost versus and then regained? It's more the money that sort of goes through the business in the average year. Yeah. I mean, right now we're averaging a little over half a million dollars a year in revenue. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. For the size of business you are, that's really, really good. Yeah. And, and we do it. I mean, we do it in volume. You know, there's no way. I, I know I know that there are those people out there that say they make, you know, $100,000 a month and they're a one man show. Um, you know, good for them if that's real. I'm not one of those guys. I I make, you know, half a million dollars a year. I bring in half a million dollars a year, but I got a staff of five people and I got an office. I've got overhead. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I take home around 20 to 25% of that each year. Um, but I don't like working at home by myself. I've tried that. Yeah. I want a team environment. And if I have to make less money to get that, then then that's how I rationalize it, I guess. And yeah. I've talked to a lot of people that think I'm crazy for working with the type of clients I work with. Because we're talking hundreds of dollars per month in SEO. And I've talked to people like, no, you should be going after attorneys or doctors and be making thousands of dollars a month off, off SEO. Um, and I've struggled with that forever. I mean, I, I mean, I've struggled with that for years being like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing it right. I should be going after bigger clients. But you know what? I finally came to terms with myself about a year ago and said, you know what? I'm going to embrace the small guy and that's just going to be who I work with. And if I make less money, I make less money, but we've just, we've just really got a, a, a solid thing going and we've, and we're helping people. We're helping the people that, that have been ripped off by other marketing companies, especially the bigger ones that kind of treat them as just like a number. Yeah. Uh, we treat them as like, real human beings. Cause I've been there. I've had that small business. I know what the struggles are. I know what it's like. So that's one of our core values is we, we, uh, we champion the small guy. And I think what you've demonstrated is the rewards are there. I know people running big agencies who are, who you, you smack out the park. The, <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of ego in our industry and People want the big clients. They don't want to do the guy that cleans the drains or the carpet cleaners or the, the, the plumbers or the, tr the contractors. Mm -hmm. They want, as you said, to work for the attorneys or the accountants or the, the engineering companies, but they're not making any money. Um, and I think to, to take that lesson from you and your business that there's nothing wrong with small, there's nothing wrong with volume, as long as the quality is appropriate to the client and the service is there, and the customer experience is there. The com there's a, a fantastic business in there for everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite inspired by that. When I came across your business, I really hoped that this was the story I was going to hear because you're doing something in a very honest way that a lot of people wouldn't. Um, and I was just was hoping it was working, and I'm so glad it does. Yeah, I'm not making $100,000 a month, like, <laughs> like some internet marketers claim to, but I'm making a comfortable living. And we're growing slowly at a manageable pace. And I think you nailed it there, Bob. Uh, you know, a lot of people are in this game for the ego. 
and they want to give those click funnels reports where they're making a hundred thousand dollars a month and this and that or or whatever whatever group or gurus you listen to you know um and i and i struggle with that forever and finally i just kind of let go and i'm like you know what that here's what i'm good at here's what i've made my here's what here's how i've fed my kids up to this point i'm going to embrace it mm. and grow it as big as i can and help as many people as i can and it, it took a while for me to get to that point. But once I kind of let go and just decided that I'm just going to embrace what I've got going on, uh, life got better. Yeah. So looking ahead a little bit, you seem to be in a bit of a groove right now, but time doesn't stand still. You mentioned you're extending into other markets. Where do you see the business in five years time? Where would you really like it to be? Oh, that's a good question. So I'd love to be in 15 to 20 different niches similar to I have to the way I've done with cleaning and restoration. And we're, you know, we're slowly moving into these. I'm making clusters of YouTube videos for lots of different industries just to kind of test and see who responds and who doesn't stuff like that. Um, eventually I want to write some articles for the different trade magazines and see if I can kind of just get, get the ball rolling similar to the way I did in the cleaning and restoration, start doing that in, in other industries. Um, I also see, huge potential in uh, in mobile marketing, um, text message marketing, that kind of stuff. I feel like there's a lot of people kind of doing it, but not doing it well. Uh, and yeah. I feel like if someone, if, if we can really nail that and have have proven case studies and prove that people can use text message marketing, especially in the service industry, to turn a serious profit, then I think we're going to be, you know, we're going to be ahead of the game. Another thing that I'm finding as I speak to other small agency owners, um, sort of solo practitioners, is that partnership for them, they always see it as, as important, but they struggle to make it work. Have you had any kind of six dramatic successes or dramatic failures with partnership? So one, so that's a good question. Uh, so partnering, you know, I've tried different types of partnering. I've tried the, um, actually have, I, I had a small business where we were, had like a, an app that would get people reviews from Google and Yelp and stuff like that. It was a 50, 50 partnership. It didn't work. And my accountant before, as we were getting it all set up, I consulted with my accountant and he says that the failure rate of business partnerships is much higher than the divorce rate in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. It didn't work. I mean, we still, uh, we still are friends and we still partner on things, but we don't have an official business partnership where we split things 50, 50. It just gets so messy. Like who does this and who does that? How much is this worth to you? And how much is that worth? It just, it's, it's just messy. And my dad warned me about that. My dad had a factory, uh, years ago. He's, he's been in business, you know, since the seventies. And he warned me about that as well. Um, so I kind of abandoned that idea um, and decided partnering to me is going to mean uh, kind of like outsourcing, but but very, be very careful outsourcing. You know, uh, I want to get to know the person really well and, ha and and feed them a little bit of work and give them some trial runs. And and if they like the work that they get and we like the if if we like the results, then maybe we'll, you know, turn it into something a little more solid and 
continual. And then the best partnering situations I've ever had is hiring in-house employees. Um, well, this is what I was going to ask you about next. Yes, that um, is my favorite partnering situation. <laughs> um, yes, it's way more expensive than hiring somebody in India or the Philippines. I get that. Um, but and, and I've done that as well. And I, I actually I have two employees in in the Philippines right now that I spent uh, about six months trying to find the perfect one before I did. Uh, but for the most part, like I was saying before, I'd rather sacrifice profits for a stable, happy work environment and bringing in employees that, you know, are uh, on payroll that I have to, you know, do all that, you know, that business stuff with uh, that most people don't want to deal with. Um, they're not contract employees. They actually are, you know, W-2 payroll employees. Yeah. Um, I personally have found that to be amazing. I've got people that have been with me for three years and I trust everything they do. I can leave for two weeks and go on vacation and know that my business is going to still run uh, as a well-oiled machine. I think when I had a larger team in my business, occasionally I had that experience. It's actually really rare. So you're very lucky. I've heard other, I've heard horror stories from other people that hire employees. They just, they, it just doesn't work out. And I'm not sure what I'm doing right, but I've had, I mean, I've only had to let two people go in the last uh, five years and the rest have just been really solid uh, relationships. And, and so, uh, yeah. That's, that's just my my experience, and I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing that other people are not doing. A question I'm interested in, because most small agencies like yours, because they exist in a city with other agencies doing the same thing and effectively fighting for the same business, it's quite a competitive environment. How is that in your city? Because you, you're kind of off to one side from the normal kind of competition. Do you have sort of good relationships with what people would normally consider your competitors? So I don't really have any local competitors. I have industry competitors that I've met at the shows. You know, we all have our booths and we all go for the same clients and we all do similar things. Uh, one of them really dislikes me. Uh, <laughs> two, one of them I'm actually really good friends with and sometimes we even trade clients refer each other out if we in special situations yeah another one um he uh we have a a, a a polite relationship you know what i mean i don't think he talks bad about me i don't talk bad about him there's none of that kind of stuff going on um but there's yeah there's basically three main competitors um there's a lot of people that come in to this industry and try to try to do what i've done they try to niche into cleaning and restoration. And I mean, I've probably seen 20 of them start and then just kind of fade away. Um, I think that they don't, they don't realize that the time and effort it takes to really establish yourself in an industry. And I'm sure it's similar to establishing yourself in this, in a city. Yeah. You know, you can't do it overnight. You really got to build those relationships and trust and referrals and, and all that stuff over time. Um, as far as like in, now, now we have plenty of clients or plenty of potential clients that call us up and are like, well, I can't decide if I want to go with you or this person that's here in my, my local like networking group that I'm at. 
you know, that I'm a part of. Yeah. So we do. So when I say I don't have any local competitors, um, I don't have any competitors here in Missoula, Montana, but in each respective city, there are local competitors that are, you know, fighting for those same clients and we lose some of them and we win some. So it's, you know, but having that industry specialty does two things. It, it really sets you apart from there, from that, that guy in their business group that does everything. Okay. That just works with everybody. Yeah. And then number two, on our end, it's much easier to put up, you know, seven or eight websites a month because I mean, it, it probably, it probably it, it's probably half the work for us than it would be for somebody who's never done a carpet cleaning website before. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got everything laid out. We know what, what goes where, what their clients respond to. Um, we know what they don't have to explain the services to us and, and this and that. It's just, it just makes the, the web design and marketing much smoother. Yeah. I can really see that. Yeah. And when it comes to websites, are you, pretty much exclusively WordPress orientated. All WordPress, all uh, Genesis themes. Right. So we don't just grab websites and start throwing themes on and hope they work the way we want. We've become masters at the Genesis theme specifically. So if somebody comes to us with a WordPress site and says, hey, I've got this site that somebody else built for me and we need some changes on it. Can you do it? We say, no, we would need to recreate it in our platform and then we can make any custom changes you want for the rest of, you know, for as long as you're with us. Yeah. Uh, and some people don't like that. Some people respect that and they, and they sign up. I think that's really neat that the theme that runs through the whole business really is discipline and specialization. And that's why it's working. Um, so many people dabble with different content management systems, different themes, different approaches to digital marketing different clients basically taking whatever they can get they have to reinvent their product knowledge every time they win a new client and try and communicate that and for somebody that's been in the business for a long time that's that's not too difficult but for when you're trying to bring new team members on board they just don't have the mental bandwidth to take that all on and people wonder why it fails so yeah i think there's a, a really great lesson in the way you've built things yeah and it's and and uh it, you know, we've, we're really big on systems and core processes so that we're not reinventing the wheel every time we take on a new client because we just don't charge enough to do that. And that's why we're able to charge lower prices and, to, and really and truly help the small guy is because we do things in a uniform set way. Now, we, we lose business because we do that. So I know a lot of people, they, 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 a lot of marketers out there, and I've got friends that are that are constantly just, they, they want, they're so desperate for business that they'll take on anything no matter how difficult it is. I've been there. <laughs> um, but they don't have the prices to back it up. They don't have, you know, and the people they're taking on don't have the money to pay them the prices that, that would actually be worth for them to relearn a new, uh, a new web design platform or whatever it is. Um, so that being said, it was, it, that's, that's why me doing this part-time in my bedroom, you know, when I wasn't cleaning carpets, uh, that's why it worked. If I would have just, you know, quit a job, a good paying job and went full-time marketing without having that, you know, three or four years of just playing with stuff in my spare bedroom, um, I would have been 
in trouble. I would have been in that in that boat, I think. So I mean, what you just described was 80% of the digital industry. Um, I think you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, I mean, I've got a couple of local friends here that do marketing and they do websites. They, in any kind of website, you know, uh, they do a Facebook ads, they do SEO. They do, it's like dog walking. It's like, yeah, it's like you can't take on any industry and, 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 and then they do email marketing. It's just like they do everything for everybody and they're constantly buried. They're constantly broke. They're constantly scrapping for new business and, uh, and they've been doing it for years and, um, and I've given them my system. I said, pick, I said, okay, so you got 20 clients. Why don't you pick your top three clients that you like working with and, you know, decide, you know, and, and, and try to go for those, whatever industries those three are in, you know, try to, try to niche out, just play with some niche stuff. If they if like one of them, uh, one of my friends, he was doing a uh, a country club, a local country club here. That was one of his favorite clients because he loves golfing and he le- his family is part of the country that country club and this and that. He just loves everything about it. So I'm like, maybe you can become the country club um, web design or marketing guy. At least at least throw some feelers out there and and try it, you know, and see yeah. what happens. Um, and he'll take that and be like, okay, that's a good idea. But then he'll go right back into his old <laughs> rut of just scrounging for whatever business he yeah. can get. Change so. takes discipline. Yeah, it yeah. Joe, that's been fantastic. You've been amazing. I'm really grateful and I want to speak to you again sometime. But I Absolutely. think we've probably spent long enough and I've taken enough of your time. Um so I'll just say thank you very much, Joe. Um if people want to connect with you, how can they best do that? So my website is bigwestmarketing.com. You can email and there's a phone number and contact form and all that stuff. If you want to email me, it's just Joe at bigwestmarketing.com be more than happy to talk to anybody and and yeah like you like like you were saying bob you love to talk to, to other marketers that are doing similar things we have so much in common so I, I feel the same way i'd love to talk to anybody that's out there that wants to wants to connect and share war stories or whatever thanks joe I think the idea of specialising in a vertical market is really scary, but shows a great example of how this can really pay off. If you run a smaller solo practice related to digital marketing in any way, then I'd love you to get in touch. I'm really keen to interview listeners for the podcast, so no matter what stage your business is at, get in touch and let's have a conversation. Thanks so much for joining me for episode two. I'm honoured you made the time for me in your busy playlist, and if you enjoyed it, please take just one minute to rate the podcast in iTunes, even if you're not listening in iTunes. I'd also welcome you to join our Gravity Agency Power Up Facebook group. I have some exciting things in the pipeline, and if you join the group, you'll be the first to hear about them, as well as future podcast episodes as soon as I release them. Just check out the show notes or search on Facebook groups for Gravity Agency Power Up. You'll find us there easily. So my name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Joe for making the time, and to you for listening, and see you again next time.